G'day and welcome to Brown and Hurley's Big Podcast. Join us as we travel through the history and the culture of this iconic Australian family company. You'll hear from Brown and Hurley people and the customers who are part of this journey. Let's hit the road. G'day, I'm Bruce Barnes from Brown and Hurley Yatler. And today with me here, I've got Phil Russell from Russell Transport. Phil, thanks for taking the time to come in and uh, have a chat here at the big podcast. My pleasure, Bruce. Phil, I've known you for over 30 years now, and I can remember back in the day actually doing some work in one of your workshops when I was a young apprentice. And uh, can you take us back to when it began and back to the very beginning? Yeah, sure, sure. We're 97 years old now. It was started back in 1925 when my father got one of those opportunities that rarely come in life, but he got it and he's been able to make a, a successful business from that opportunity. I'm talking about a contract with the Commonwealth Oil Refinery, COR. They decided to, uh, to move product from their refinery in Sydney to a warehouse they had on New Farm Wharf. It was uh, motor spirit, two four-gallon tins of motor spirit in a pine crate, and it was it was manually handled. So to make that happen, Dad bought a Dodge truck. And used to drive from Sydney? No, it was brought up by steamer. Oh, okay. It was you wouldn't get to Sydney. I was going to say in, in a Dodge track, 1925. I said, what was the road like in those days? No, <laughs> no, no roads? It, oh, oh th- tracks. There was plenty of uh, ferries yep. to go down to Sydney. You had to cross those big rivers by ferry, vehicular yep. ferry. Yep. No, they brought it up by steamer and yep. New Farm Wharf and unloaded yep. it with ship slings and uh, those uh, rope baskets and all that type of stuff. And Dad was, he was hands-on. He was everything yeah it took a few years before he actually ended up with a form of an office he he was given space for an office table and two chairs in the back office of cor he got the postmaster general to hook him up a telephone so he was in business that was that was his step forward that uh, by then he had three trucks he had two dodges and a chev but he still used to take one of the trucks home that was his his motor transport. Uh, they were 30 hundredweight trucks. He uh, he did tell me that he used to put helper springs on. I suspect that was to turn it from a 30 hundredweight truck into a three-ton truck, but they were the times. Yeah. That, that was the times, and uh, he's built his business from that. It's now in the third generation. As it turned out, the first generation, my father, he did 45 years, and... I happened to do 45 years as well. I didn't plan it to be 45, but I remember when Dad called me up and he said, I want you to step up. I sort of knew what he meant. I was only 24. I was running the workshop. I'd completed a, a motor mechanic apprenticeship. I'd done the extra year to get a A-grade certificate. And I was running our workshop in Macquarie Street, New Farm. Small workshop, just two mechanics. He comes along, he says, I want you to step. I said, what do you want to do that for, Dad? He said, when you get to my age, you'll understand. He was 70 years old when he made that statement to me. And when I got to 70 and 45 years of service, I understood. Yeah, okay. So fortunately, 
two of my four children are, are very capable in running the business, uh, Ken and Julie, yep. and they, they're pushing it ahead. So Dad had a modest success. I was able to build on that. Yep. And now Ken and Julie are building on the base that that I've been able to The foundation to, to, that you guys to have build. put together. So you, if my maths correctly, you've taken over about approximately 1970? Yes, that's that right. That was it, when your dad asked you to step up? Step up. So in those first 45 years, what did the fleet consist of by the time he'd handed it over to yourself predominantly? Yep, they were Ford trucks. Yep. He wasn't that mechanically influenced. He sent all his work to uh, Metropolitan Motors. They had a truck repair workshop at Albion. Mm-hmm. He did lose a few trucks during the Second World War. They were they were taken by the military, but he ended up with credits, which he could use those credits to buy ex-military vehicles after the war. So he used to go out to Cannon Hill where they'd marshaled all these trucks, and they were lend-lease Fords that he bought. Yep. The chassis was stiffened up, had an extra stiffening bar. They had a turret in the roof where you could stand up on the passenger side. Yep. Look out through the roof. I remember seeing that in a few of the old army trucks uh, where you could actually open those turrets up and stand up stand through up. them. Yeah, yeah, okay. All that sort so, of configuration, being ex-army trucks. Yeah, they were side valve yeah. V8 Ford engines and after having to work on them, I, I figured that if we didn't change out of Fords, I'd never leave the workshop. I'd be there for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I aspired to, to buy what I thought was the best trucks available at the time, which were international trucks. Yeah, they were a good product in their day. That's, in their that's, day. that's probably where I said it. Don't get me wrong, it wasn't 1970, but um, yeah, that's where I did my time. So I've got, I said, that's probably where how I got to meet the Russell family and yourself. So, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, I'm glad you'd made that decision to buy international harvester trucks. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and uh, I can recall when I bought my first Kenworth truck, it was in 1972. Dad's reaction was, that's too expensive. You're going to send the company broke. <laughs> it was it was thirty eight thousand dollars in 1972. Wow. It was a K one two five. The type of work I wanted to do was to deliver petroleum to country agents. The legality at the time meant that you couldn't compete against the rail in Queensland, but you could go wherever you liked once you crossed the border. So I was delivering to country agents in New South Wales, much cheaper than they were getting the the fuel through the the rail system yeah okay and uh and, and what configuration was that truck was it a, a prime six by four six yeah by four. it was a six by four prime mover oh, and i had a fruhoff tank a fruhoff uh, at the time it was a spread bogey because that was the law i later put a try into it but it was aluminium it was light we used to to work it very hard like uh, i'd say to the driver mate you've got to be able to do 72 hours a week and you've got to be able to spend three or four nights in the cabin per week. So if, if you don't want to <laughs> do that, it's not the job for you. Yeah. But that's that's the way it was all yeah. those years ago in 1972. Yeah. yeah, okay. Do you remember where you bought it and who you bought it off? Yeah, well... Going back? Yeah, I do. Um, it was Ipswich Road at Rockley. It's the area that flooded. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Brown and Hurley's original... Premier Motors. Was it Premier Motors no, or was it I'm still Brown sure and Hurley? It was Brown and Hurley. Yeah, okay. It was Brown and Hurley. And Down near the racetrack. That's it. Yeah, okay. That's, it. that's where it was bought from. Yeah, I've Des, seen, I've Des seen Des plenty Mitchell. of photos. Yeah, Des, Desi Mitchell was the, the salesman. 
Yeah, okay. Good old Desi Mitchell. Jeez, that's going back. I've heard of Desi. Never met the man, but yeah. I, I heard of I heard of Desi Mitchell in the day. So yeah, well, you're you're his equal today. Like his knowledge <laughs> of the trucks was was like an encyclopedia. Yep. Just like you, You've, no, your knowledge is, is incredible. No, thank you. thanks, Phil. Back in the day, you always had your own. Well, was it your decision to have your own workshop, or because you said you were saying there earlier, your father used to send a lot of the vehicles back. Yes. Um, to where they were purchased from for mechanical repairs, um, you had your own workshop. In New Farm, we did. Yeah. Yes, we had our own workshop. We had two mechanics. We were working on on smaller trucks. They were all around that uh, Ford era that around 50, 54, they changed from a side valve to an overhead valve motor. They were V8 petrol motors. Two-speed axles, Eaton two-speed axles, which is pretty handy when you yeah. only all, had... All rigid trucks, basically. Yeah, all, absolutely. Running around yeah. Brisbane. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And how far would they travel on a, on a regular day? Would it all be metro work or would it... I used to do a weekend run down to... It's a sugar mill down in New South Wales, just over the border. Yeah, Condong. There's a Condong, Condong mill. Condong mill, yep. Yeah. I used to do the weekend run of furnace oil yep. down there. So during the week, had a regular driver. Yeah. And I'd run there. It was a 56F600 Ford truck yeah, with wow. a steel tank made by Evans Engineering in Brisbane. Uh, 1,500 gallons, that was the size of the tank. That's history. So you you were uh, you said mentioned your workshop was over at New Farm. Yep. Um, I've always known Russell Transport at Eagle Farm. So when was did you have New Farm and Eagle Farm? I know you're on both sides of the river now, but did you go from New Farm to to Eagle Farm Depot or? We we're running out of space yeah. in New Farm. Fortunately, Riverside Coal Transport would let us park some of our gear in their yard at night. I realised I, I needed to uh, to buy in a transport area. Eagle Farm was a good area to go. I managed to go to an auction and pay a fair bit more than uh, my father said we could afford. I rang him up on the telephone after the auction because there was no mobile phones or anything like that. I walked across the road and said, can I borrow your phone and, and rang him up and I said, we've got good news and bad news. We've got the property. It's cost us $40,500. He said, well, you better sell this place. <laughs> So that was the transition from New Farm to Eagle. Yeah, what, to what, what Eagle. year was that? 1970. Yeah, okay. We moved in in Easter of 1971. So you're a bit of a mover and shake. You'd no sooner taken the helm and you go and buy a new premises. Yep. Yeah, okay. And, and we bought the uh, the Kenworth. Yeah, in, in, in 72. Yeah. So that was your first Kenworth. Do you remember how long it was after you buying your first one till you buying your your second one? That's putting Look, putting you under pressure. It, <laughs> I, I well remember, I, I just couldn't afford the extra money for a Kenworth that White would be able to sell us something similar at a price that I could afford. Yep. The, the transport games is a very tight industry to be in and what you'd really like, you've got to be able to justify. You've got to be able to say, I can get some uh, cost benefit by spending it up by the right truck to start with because it will be a whole of life benefit so I used to buy a lot of white trucks and yeah. uh, took me a while before we'd grown the business to a point that we could start buying the uh, the Kenworths again yeah okay but and you have bought Kenworths 
on a consistent basis. Oh, well, as I've known you, I know you yeah. bought Kenworth on a fairly consistent basis after going through that international phase where I first met you. Yeah. Um, especially in the in the in the last twenty years, I've, I noticed a lot of Kenworths you've purchased off us, which we appreciate the business. Yeah. Um, do you still have that same philosophy? Where I you do. buy the right truck. Yeah, I do. Where Absolutely. you get bang for buck. And it's because you do keep your vehicles for quite a while. Quite a while. And yep. we've rebuilt them. We've yep. stripped them down. We buy crate motors and repower them. Yeah. We change their life. Uh, it's not a. We started with two eight wheelers to, uh, back in about 2008 in our crane division, carting counterweights. Both of those eight wheelers are now curtain siders operating out of our. Calandra operation with uh, beer, wine, and spirits. Oh, BWS carting the grog. Yeah, carting the grog. Yeah, okay. So it's a. Uh, it, once we own it, we have a second and sometimes third life out of the vehicle. Yeah. Uh, probably 2000 is the oldest truck, year 2000 trucks are the oldest. But in trailers, 1977 trailers that we bought brand new still go to work every day. Yeah, well, that's, that's, I suppose that's one of the benefits too of having your own workshop and facility, being having time and, and, the, and the skill and the technicians there to work on them exactly. and, and refurbish and keep them on the road. Yeah, exactly. So you've, you've initially purchased, had purchased the, the equipment, whether it be truck or trailer or, or a forklift, yep. and you've got the skill set and get the second life and the third life. That's I've, it. I've seen a number of your vehicles that you've done. You do quite a good job on them. So it looks like there's no money spent on the, on the refurbs. I'd hate to know what it costs, but quite obviously there's value in it for you to do it or you wouldn't be doing it otherwise. So, Yeah, well, that's probably a, a discussion Ken and I have at the moment that he uh, he thinks that the point of getting to where you're spending too much money yep. is reached before I think. So <laughs> uh, that's hence he's bought a lot of new gear and I've seen a couple of my trucks go thinking I could have got a bit more life out of that, but yeah. I, I will agree that you can end up throwing good money after bad by just hanging on to it a little bit too long. Yeah. Why buy from Brown and Hurley? We are an Australian family business that sells some of the best trucks on the market. We have nine strategically placed branches to service your requirements and have access to over $18 million worth of parts. Our fully equipped modern workshops with state-of-the-art diagnostic and repair equipment are staffed by knowledgeable long-term employees across all branches with years of experience. Brown and Hurley provide a diverse range of new and used trailers to suit most applications. Finance solutions are on offer and our Pack Lease division offers operating leasing, short or long-term rental trucks and trailers. See what Brown and Hurley can do for you. So since 1970, you would have seen a lot of changes in the industry? Yes. For better or for worse? What are your thoughts? Uh, absolutely for better. Yep. It's a, a much safer industry. Yep. It's hard to teach an old dog new tricks, but I'm trying to learn them. I, the system of doing it now is a very safe way. They do a job safety analysis and they put on all the PPE and safety gear and they want to go up in a scissor lift. In my days, it was an extension ladder and you'd climb up there <laughs> yeah it's all as said um it's 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 a very regulated industry yes. but once again as said it's it's probably for the better yes. um as said we don't need any 
fatalities or injuries of our own employees or our own staff members. So, right. yeah, I think I agree with you there, mate. I think it is for the better. Yep. Uh, over the time you've been involved with transport, do you have any particular moments that stand out? I'm sure you have a hundred of hundreds of stories, but um, do you have any like when you you'd quite obviously done a few loads yourself? Any memorable moments or any uh, any funny stories? Great, that- great experiences. Yeah. Um, really have enjoyed my working life. Really, uh, I was only looking at it in January of this year, like right very recently, that this is the 59th year I fronted up to work. And uh, it, it just happened uh, on year one, I'd been going out for my Christmas holidays to my uncle and auntie's sheep property at uh, Durrambandy. Uh, that was the best thing they could have done for me. My father said to me later, he, he was told by my auntie that you better send Philip out uh, to our place, otherwise he'll end up a useless city boy. So I used to go there every Christmas holidays and enjoyed it immensely. And on this particular year, Dad said, well, you better come back in the first week of January because uh, you're going to start work. I've got to sign you up at the South Brisbane Automotive School. And, um, and, and I've been fronting up every year for 59 years. But I have wow. enjoyed those 59 years. Yeah. It's, it's been some hard work, really hard work. And there was a time there where I thought my body must have had something wrong with it. And uh, I, I sought some medical advice and they came to the conclusion that just didn't like working six days a week, 12 hours a day. It actually needed a bit of balance. You needed to do something yep. else. And I thought, well, I'll throw some money at the problem. I bought a Butte motorhome. Back in 2002, that Butte motorhome I still own, and this I'm heading off in April for six months around Australia. I don't come back to October. Now I'll do it properly. I've been to Western Australia a few times in a convoy of trucks and yeah. caught the plane home. Uh, that's a pretty rigorous, arduous experience. This way, in a motorhome, it's going to be fantastic. Time to have a slow down and have a look around and look at the things you really want to look at. Yeah. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Absolutely. Working the six days a week and uh, and and twelve hours a day quite obviously took its toll on your body, but it's given you a great foundation, or given Ken and Julie a great foundation in where the business is today. So, what's do you have any uh, an idea on the size of the transport side of the business, trucks, trailers that you have um, in the fleet now? Bruce, I, I I stopped thinking about every truck at night before I went to bed because there's too many of them now to to remember them all and. Yep. Sometimes when they mention a truck number to me, I've got to look up my diary, handwritten register to find out what it is. But yep. uh, look, I started numbering the trucks when I started working in the workshop and we're, we're up to 420 in prime movers. We're, we're up to uh, 316 in trailers and some of those trailers are still working. Yep. Like good old ST15 and ST17, that's yep. still there. Yeah, I, I, I enjoy coming over to your office and um, start re, uh, reviewing what we purchased or what you purchased over the time and because uh, and I've got relationships there with International Harvester back in the day. Yeah. And you say, I can remember buying that old T-line or I can remember buying that old S-line. And I bought it, click, click, click through the pages and you'll have the the chassis number of the vehicle, yeah. the registration number of the vehicle, the price, yeah. Yeah, the of price. what you paid for it, then yeah. then also what you sold it for. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's a fantastic, as I said, I'm sure uh, Ken would love to grab it. And 
I said that's something you'd be sticking on the mantelpiece as memorabilia yeah. as um and times go you know over time it's yeah. something that i'd be showing off and said this is what my father did and they said all those things are great to to yeah. pull out and have a look at yeah. so yeah. it's it's amazing what we were able to do with the trucks we had at the time yeah. we we had a a truck with a 230 cummins motor that was used to pull a road train yeah. Today they don't think you can pull a road train <laughs> under 550 horsepower, so, but but I did it with 230, a 230 14-litre Cummins motor. Yeah. The, the good thing about those days, I suppose a 14-litre engine, is um, so there's no substitute for cubic inches. You try and give someone a 230-horsepower rigid truck today, they wouldn't be interested in driving it. They'd say, oh, it's not enough horsepower yeah, probably. That's, so, right. that's right. So, Have you stepped back from the business at all? Look, I'm probably there cheapest employee that Ken I, tells me that I come to work and <laughs> and I'm not on the payroll so whatever I do is a bonus yeah, for the business because you love it I, because I love it yeah like just being able to pull my toolbox out yep and I have to refresh it a bit because I didn't have any battery operated gear and I was really lagging behind doing it all manually but I've now got a tool trolley and uh, and I pull it around and and I I just Helped them around the place, do the, the little jobs, like yeah. converted the whole fleet of uh, long-distance vehicles to LED. LED lights. Ken, Ken, I quite often talk to Ken and have a chat to him, and I said, oh, how's your dad? Where is he? He said, oh, he's out the back in the alleyway changing changing the lights out. So yep. <laughs> he does mention that, yeah. Yep. Not only that, I've, I've changed our warehouses over to LED lights. I've pulled the metal halides down, the 400-watt metal halides. And yep gone back up with 150 watt leds it ends up a brighter light um, yep. and a, a longer lasting light yeah and you notice the, few, the power bill goes exactly. down we've done yep. the same here at the dealerships and we've done them through the majority of the brown and hurley dealerships gone to led lighting and, and saved them so yeah in your time within the industry in regards to the vehicles you mentioned there before you used to do it with a 230 horsepower cummins, uh, cummins yep. 14 litre engine um over your time to today's era of the modern trucks, would you what would you notice the biggest changes in those vehicles? Would it be the horsepower, or drivability, comfort? Oh, I'd say the or all the of ease the of driving it, yeah. the the ultra shifts. Yeah, that even some of the old blokes that were hesitant to move away from a stick shift, yeah, have had to agree after driving it for a few months that it is a nice, easy drive to yep. drive a truck with an ultra shift. Yeah, one less thing for the driver to worry about. Yes. Whilst they're going down the driving around, whether it be metropolitan or, or long distance. Yes. Um, ultra shift automated transmissions are, uh, are certainly, we've seen a huge change in the industry over the last 10 years from manual to uh, automated transmission. Yes. Don't get me wrong, there's still a number of people still buying manual trucks. Yes. And if you look out under the awning here today, we've still got a lot of trucks with, with gear sticks. But... What do you think drives that? The the ease of it or the the skill set of the drivers that we have available to us? Yeah, I, I tend to agree that for a, a new driver coming yep. in, yep. it's an arduous task to to drive a 18-speed gearbox. Yep. It's uh, pre- pretty expensive on the driveline as well when they get it wrong. Yep. <laughs> so you can bring people in and they'll gain those skill sets. They'll get there. That even uh, reversing B doubles and A doubles. It's a skill that you've got to do a fair bit of practice, but you can get there and you can be 
very competent, but you started with just a standard trailer, just a 13 and a half metre trailer, and you thought you were pretty good on that, and then they put you in a multiple combination, and it takes you half an hour to back into a slot. It's yeah. a bit of practice needed. <laughs> Got to get it right. Yep. Yeah. Going on to your fleet, um, I noticed you do a lot of heavy haulage. And um, I've seen a, a, in Ken's, and on the walls of your offices, there's a there's a heap of different things, overdimensional and um, uh, oversized vehicles and combinations. You predominantly use Kenworths in that fleet. We do. Yeah, yeah we do. Why? Well, I've got the heavy spec. Yeah. We we needed trucks that were rated at 220, 240 tons. Yeah. To get that, we we needed to. Uh, uh, by Sisu rear ends yep. to get to that rating. Yep. And, um, and big suspensions, big driveline yep. all the way through. Yep. We've got some C509s and, and they're a very strong truck. Yep. But it's amazing how the K200s with the 220 horse, 220 uh, uh, rating. rating are more suitable for us because we do a lot of tight manoeuvring. Yep. And the cab over is a lot easier to manoeuvre yeah, okay. with a very long load yeah with, with those heavy haul vehicles in your fleet high load factor they're they're, they're a hard working truck um, quite obviously they use a lot more fuel because of the high load factor um, do you turn them over any quicker than the vehicles in your normal fleet or do you run well, the range similar sort of philosophy with our heavy haulage trucks they don't do that many kilometers yep so it's not like a line haul operation yep a couple of them there we've put crate motors in yep. because the rest of the trucks are very heavy spec like uh, six rod suspension and triple plated chassis and it's got a high tear weight. Yep. We, uh, we, we, just, a new motor gives it a new life. Yeah, okay. Um, other facets of your business? As I said, I've, I've, you mentioned BWS and the heavy haulage stuff. Um, will you look at virtually doing anything for any customer or...? Yeah, we're a service business. Yeah. That's what we're based yeah. around. We, it's relationships, and uh, once you get an opportunity to to provide a service, we see if we can value add. We see yeah. if we can do it smarter yep. for our customers, so that it's a win-win. Yep. That's a philosophy that that I've had. That in business, I believe it's got to be good for both parties. And I say that to employees, it's got to be good for you, but it's also got to be good for us. So. 100%. You mentioned there, if it if you can value add, you, I do know you've uh, you've got a, or had a few cranes in the business. Yes. You still have that? Yes, we, yep. we've converted it to a dry hire fleet, so all our cranes are out yeah, okay. on hire. Yep. They've only left me with one crane in the depot, which is a, a Fran of 15 tonne, and, there's only there's only two of us that got licenses to drive it, so I'm I'm happy to to run the the 15 ton Franner. If you need to take the workshop, take it pull a motor out, change a body over. Yeah, oh, fantastic. Go over to freight base and do some work over there. Yeah, good. You mentioned freight base, so you're on both sides of the river. Yes. Why is that? Well, we've got a customs uh, license. We've got a uh, quarantine store. We needed to be where the the action was when we moved to eagle farm that's where all the wharves were they were yeah. down there hamilton one two oh, three yeah. four five yeah and they, they've turned that all into uh high rises well, it's, and it's restaurants going that and, way yeah yep. so it all went to fisherman's island and yep. uh, so you're over there at uh freight street freight street Lytton. Yep. Yep. okay and that uh, we're within that uh, zone yep 
24-hour operation in that zone with uh, coming off the wharf and back into our store there. Yeah, okay. Um, that's that's a, a separate side of our business. We call it our freight base operation, mm-hmm. freight street at Lytton. So if any customers or any people chasing transport or, or cranes or any sort of, how would they get in contact with Russell Transport? Look us shoot up us on an Facebook, email. Shoot your email. Give us, give us a ring. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Come over and see us. Well, you got, you'd have, I'm sure you'd have your own uh, um, Facebook site, or uh, you said people just type Google Russell Transport on in Google. Wouldn't yeah, they? that's it. Yeah, that's how could, it's done. Yeah, okay. And then who the, who would they be chasing? Ken, Julie, or they just talk to the general reception and then work Look, their way on what they want to do? I suppose. Well, Ken's always got that many phone messages. There, he's, he's hard to get. <laughs> yep. I'm always happy to say hello to anyone that uh, fronts up. Oh. I've got more time. I sit down yeah. and have a bottle of water with them. And Ken was telling me a story there, um, oh, it would have been a month or two ago. Actually, no, it was well before Christmas. And uh, he was saying that you were walking around in the yard and, and someone had come in and you were having a chat to them, as probably quite obviously you, you usually do, yep. and um, find out where he was and what he was doing and... Uh, and the gentleman that was in question didn't even know who you were. Didn't know, him from, didn't know you from a bar of soap. So yeah, yeah. Um, at the end of the day, it's quite. It said, "You don't judge anyone," which is, which is really, really, a good thing, a good trait yeah. to have. So. I just look like a, a workshop mechanic walking around these days. Well, that's the, that's what they said. They thought you're one of the one of the yardmen or something <laughs> walking yeah. around the yard. But, but you, you seem to know a fair bit, apparently. I'm having fun. I'm down there having fun. Yeah. It's it's. Um, yeah. I, I did enjoy the trade when I when I started, and yep. it abruptly stopped. Yep. So there was that hiatus of forty five years. Yeah. And now you're back into it again. Now I'm back <laughs> into it, and, and and enjoying it. Yeah, Phil, I, I'd just like to say thank you for coming in um, on behalf of Brown and Hurley. We really, really appreciate your business and um, the support from Russell Transport, from you, Ken, Julie, and the family. And on a personal note, I'd just like to say thank you for being uh, a guide and a mentor. You're one of the, the special ones, and I appreciate you having such uh, great children and, and friends as well. So thanks again for well, coming in. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you. And I've got to say, you've had a stellar career, mate. You've, <laughs> you've gone from an apprentice motor mechanic to a dealer principal. Yeah. What a career. Yeah, Good no. on you, Bruce. Cheers, Phil. <laughs> thanks, mate. Appreciate it. <laughs> Before we go, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Subscribing means you won't miss the next episode when it's published. Your feedback is also very welcome and you can reach out to us on Brown and Hurley Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn pages. You'll also find lots of useful information about us and the products we offer on our website, brownandhurley.com.au. Thanks again for listening to Brown and Hurley's Big Podcast, brought to you by the Big Truck People. This podcast has been produced by the Brisbane Podcasting Centre.